Jacob, my friend, the second task. Would you save me if I was at the bottom of a lake? Yeah, and probably. One job? Probably not. <laughs> Got him. Woo! I, uh, again, once again, guys, <laughs> I'm looking for a new podcast partner. So please hit my line at Magoof Studios on Instagram. Jacob, you are canceled. Yes, I've been waiting. That was that was the moment. That was it. That's the straw that broke the camel's back. I've been waiting to get canceled. So uh, it's about oh. it's about time, I guess. Is is it though? Isn't the goal of this uh, decade to get canceled at least once? I mean, if you're not getting canceled, are you really doing life properly? Exactly. Exactly. I like the way you think, Jacob. I really do enjoy the way that you think. It, it's 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 a very refreshing way of looking, right? Like I'm I'm glad uh, I'm glad you see my perspective. Anyways, guys, this is just another chapter of the book club style podcast where we talk about everything and anything book related. Well, I mean, the book that we're reading, not every book, because I don't consider either of us avid readers. Are you, Jacob? Are we an, are we avid readers? Yeah, it depends what I'm reading, I guess. Oh, like anything that has to do with Queen Elizabeth II? Ooh, you already know I'm reading that. Oh, see, that's that's where we differ a little bit. Um, no, I'm not a huge, uh, I guess I'm not a huge historian in that respect. Yeah, I mean, you, you hate on my history lessons. Uh, sure, hate. Hate is a strong word, but um, sure. Uh, yeah, no, but we, we talk about Harry Potter on this podcast every chapter chapter by chapter hence the name just another chapter and everyone we are on to the fourth installment of the seven book series the goblet of fire and as jacob and i were talking right before we pressed record the books are essentially so much better than the movies and this chapter the second task i think really really just solidifies that so jacob as you do every day will you please walk us through this amazing wonderful beautiful chapter that is the second task 26 chapters now and yeah this one uh, begins in charms class where harry is telling ron and hermione about both the egg and the snape slash mad eye situation how that went down in the last chapter harry um yeah he found a few uh, little secrets out that night and what Ron, he wonders um, if Mad-Eye is, uh, he's here at Hogwarts to look after Karkarov and see what Snape's been up to. Harry says, maybe, but Mad-Eye is also probably keeping an eye on Snape regardless and um, kind of repeats that line that Dumbledore allowed Snape here as a second chance as he heard the night before. And Ron says, well, maybe uh, maybe it was actually Snape who put your name in the Goblet, goblet of Fire. Hermione is like, probably not. That wouldn't make sense. The last time the, we thought that uh, he was trying to kill Harry, uh, he was actually trying to save him. And Hermione adds that if Dumbledore trusts him, that's all that we need to know because that means he's probably good because, I mean, he trusts Hagrid, he trusts Lupin. Some people have had some baggage in the past that's been uncovered. Um, so yeah, let's, uh, let's believe Dumbledore. Let's trust his opinions, kind of Hermione's perspective. Harry thinks, yeah, that's probably true, but... Why does he hate me? Why does Snape hate me? That just doesn't make sense. Well, that's because you're a kid. He probably yeah. just wants his dog. 
just oh alan rickman shout out <laughs> oh yeah yeah this legend it's a alan rickman a true legend uh we're just speaking of that before the podcast rest in peace uh great great actor great portrayal of snape just overall seems like a cool dude but uh harry he thinks yeah that's true um yeah 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 snape uh him they've got a bit of a history a bit of a past and that goes on to him and his father uh how that's connected to them but ron says um but what's the deal? Why would Mad Eye uh, search his office? Like it just, I don't, I don't get it. And Crouch as well. Crouch was there. He was searching the office. Um, why is Crouch here? That's kind of what they're talking about, and they're kind of confused. And so Harry sends off a letter to Sirius and to see kind of what he thinks about that. As he promised, he would kind of catch him up with things. And um, yeah, that's um, that's what he does. And then they switch to focus on the next task because that's going to be coming up very very soon the second task out of three so they go to check the library uh to see how can harry hold his breath underwater and time goes by and harry is starting to get more and more worried and with just a few days left before the second task sirius responds already and it's a very short message saying uh send the date of the next hogmeade's visit and uh that's it that's all it says in the in the, in the letter pretty much so harry right to the point shout out serious just not beating around the bush just tell him what needs to be said that's what he does so harry uh immediately responds says this is the date uh when we're gonna be there and they kind of wonder what what's that all about anyways so in magical cares class hagrid continues his lesson on unicorns picking off from where the last professor uh left off and he actually knows a lot about unicorns kind of putting to putting to rest that notion that Hagrid is just some weird oaf, but he knows a lot about creatures. It doesn't matter if it's creepy creatures or good creatures, he knows, he knows. So Hagrid asks Harry how he feels about the next competition and uh, gives him a little bit of vote of confidence. Harry's not too confident himself though. So that evening before the second test, Harry's like, damn, maybe I should have worked out this clue a lot long, uh, a, lo a while ago, so I would have more time on this. Hebron, Hermione, they're all stumped looking at the library, can't find any answers. Hermione's like, damn, the library has actually failed me. This is the first time I can't get an answer out of a book. I don't know what to do. So Harry jokingly says, maybe I should have just been an animagus and then I could have fixed this, fixed this whole problem. Then Fred and George, they walk in, say McGonagall is looking for Ron and Hermione. And uh, they say she looked a little bit grim when she said so. So Harry's kind of worried. Why did, why do they need uh, Ron and Hermione, what's going on? And at night, Harry is still searching for answers for the books, um, but no luck still. And uh, Hermione and Ron are still gone. They're still not back. So Harry's a little bit worried. Then Harry imagines uh, having to explain to the judges, like, I can't do this task. What am I going to do? Um, all that junk, like kind of thinking, what do I do? What's next? So Harry sneaks back into the library at night to, to get some more answers, but then he's woken up after a dream of a mermaid in, in the prefect bathroom taunting him. And who woke him up was Dobby. And uh, Dobby says, you've been asleep and uh, your invisibility cloak fell off. You're in the library. There's just 10 minutes left till the next task. So you got to get going. And Dobby says he knows what the next task is because he overheard uh, McGonagall talking to Mad-Eye Moody about it. And then uh, Harry's like, damn, okay, all right. Um, what, do you, what do you think I should do? And this is where Dobby comes in clutch and he gives him some gillyweed, says this will allow you to breathe underwater. So Harry springs up and he runs down to the lake so he can do the task. 
he arrives there and Percy is there, no Crouch in his place, still not there. And Karkarov and Madame Maxim are not very impressed. Then it starts. This is where the, the next task starts. They jump into the water and Harry munches his gillyweed. And then all of a sudden, it's like he can't breathe. He got some gills now. That's what the gillyweed does. So he grows some gills. He grows some web feet and he just jumps in the water. And um, so he's trying to swim, trying to see if there's other champions, but no one. He doesn't see anyone, not people, not Ron. And um, all of a sudden, uh, he sees a sea creature, a Grindelwald, grab him. And uh, then he shoots uh, a spell at him and kicks him. And they, uh, they dip those, those creatures underwater that um, are trying to get him. Can't, they didn't get him because Harry's too boss like that. But then he hears boss. a voice saying, how's it going? Harry is shook. It was actually moaning Myrtle. She points him in the right direction. But she says, I won't follow because they don't like me much. So Harry gives a thumbs up and he hears a mer song from the mer people. So he follows that and he sees a bunch of rocks and stuff. Doesn't see much. But then... He sees the mer people and they don't look anything like what he saw in the prefect's bathroom. They're these like green folk and whatnot. And uh, there's, they got like yellow hair. So a bunch of them, they come up to him, get a closer look. And there's a giant statue of a mer person and four people bound to the tail of the statue. And that's, uh, that's where Ron, Hermione, Cho Chang, and a young girl who uh, Harry assumes is Flora's younger sister. They're all tied to that statue. The Mer people don't react as Harry gets closer. He keeps going closer. They're even laughing, kind of egging him on. Then Harry uses a rock to untie Ron, but then he starts to do so to Hermione. But they're like, no, you can't do that. You can only take one. And Harry's like, but that's my friend, right? I'm not letting her drown. Well, so I... Harry wonders uh, where all the others are. He's worried they might die underwater, these, these four, these three others that he can't grab. But then there's Cedric. He finally arrives with a bubble around his head. And he frees Cho and leaves. And shortly after, uh, Crumb arrives. He's transfigured himself as a shark. And uh, he gets Hermione, but still no Flark. Uh, so Harry's saying, time is running out. What do I do? And then he ends up uh, doing it himself. After scaring away more people with his wand, he swims up with Flark, uh, his younger sister, and, Hermi and uh, Ron. He's swimming. The mer people are taunting him. He's noticing his gillyweed is wearing off. He's not getting as much strength swimming up, and he's losing his, his ability to breathe. But then he, he gets through the water. He uses his willpower and gets through. And then Ron is finally awake, and uh, he's up after spitting up some water. And uh, he says, yeah, bro, uh, why did you uh, take so long down there? Um, that song that they were singing, it was just like to kind of remind you of the time and stuff. You really think Dumbledore let us die down there? So yes. Dumbledore looks at Harry. Uh, he looks pretty impressed. Flara comes over and is like, damn, the Grindelwalds attacked me, but you saved my sister. Thank you. Hermione says, uh, well done to Harry. And I was like, bro, it took you it took you better time though. And Harry feels really dumb uh, that it took him so long. He shouldn't have been down there waiting for people. Then Dumbledore begins his speech and he's uh, after talking to the mer people who came up uh, in Mermish. So Dumbledore knows how to speak some languages. So shout out Dumbledore. Jeez. Then uh, Flora comes over and thanks Harry and even thanks Ron and Ron is gassed up after she gives them both kisses on the cheek as a thank you. 
And now Bagman, uh, he's giving the scores out after uh, after that intense second task. So 27 points out of 50 to Fleur Delacour, 47 for Cedric Diggory, 40 points for Crum. And Harry is worried because he was well outside of the time limit after he came up underwater. But Bagman says the mer person, the, the leader of the mer people came up to speak, told us what happened down at the bottom. And uh, based off of that, off the moral fiber that you presented Harry Potter, we're giving you 45 out of 50 points. And uh, we would have given you a unanimous 50, but if it wasn't for someone, as he looks at Karkarov, um, but it is what it is. He gets 45 out of 50. Now Harry is, uh, he's tied in second with Cedric Diggory. People cheer. Crumb comes over. He's not too happy as he's trying to speak to Hermione, but she's busy congratulating her friend, Harry Potter. We learned that the final task will be on June 24th, a month, uh, a month before they will get the instructions. So we won't know what's the clue until before then. But Harry's feeling happy, and uh, now he wants to give Dobby as many presents as he wants, socks every day for a year, because uh, it seems like Dobby saved him quite a bit, and that's where the chapter ends. Chapter 26. Interesting. Interesting chapter, and it definitely was a lot different than in the movie. So, mm. um, yeah, I'm wondering what you think about this chapter, Joe. So both the chapter and the movie, I felt as if the second task was a little bit underwhelming. <laughs> Fair. Hear me out. The first task in the movie was amazing. The first task in the book was outstanding. Oh my God, the detail in the first task. I just never really liked the idea of like the fear of like your friends going to die and then you have to save them. I, I always thought, thought that was like a little bit... A little bit psycho. <laughs> just a little bit. I understand, yeah. you know, like it's 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 a psycho school, but I just, I never liked the concept. The concept never sat right with me, right? Am I like overthinking that too much or or, or am I not in the minority on this? No, I I, I agree. Um, it's really bizarre. Like, like, I understand like it's supposed to be testing like different like instincts, like courage, bravery, whatever. That's like what the Triwizard Tournament is. But like, this kind of a little bit off because <laughs> they like abduct um, Harry's friends and then say, don't tell them what you have to do. And then they're basically forced to go swim um, and see them like underwater. Um, no, I agree with you. It is a little bit weird, um, but I get it at the same time. It's a tournament. That's why they have the restrictions having saying that you have to be of age wizard and stuff, but it is still a little bit, it's still a little bit much in my There's opinion. Still eight, like even the of age wizards, like you have to be 17. And this is the first time ever they've done the of age wizard thing. Like, yeah, listen, they, the, the, we can talk about the ethics of the tri wizard tournament at a later date. But <laughs> no, but in all seriousness, no, I, I really do. In, I, I enjoyed this chapter. Yes. But I, I just felt as if it, it let me down in terms of like, that little bit of punch like with the first task we kind of had like that information of like harry being nervous and i get it that harry was nervous for this one also but it was a different kind of nervous it was more so of like a shit like i'm just gonna tell them i quit and then on top of that also it was like okay well i mean if harry's gonna quit what's like what's the point of this but then also it's like we didn't have like that ludo bagman um coming in like sucking his dick beforehand so i like it's weird because like in like the chapter itself was fun but it it, it it was just it was missing something i can't i can't pinpoint what exactly that thing was jacob 
and I apologize for that. Fair. No, I, I, I feel you. I think there was a little something maybe um, that could have uh, spiced it up a little, but overall, I think it was nice. I liked it, but I did like it a lot more in the book than I did in the movie. Oh, and it makes so much more sense to have Dobby give him the gillyweed than Neville. Like, how does that even happen in the movie that Neville gives him the gillyweed? Like, it was just... it Neville wasn't Mad Eye. I, I, I thought I haven't watched the movies in a in a minute. Was it Mad Eye? I can't I'm... remember. I, for I some reason, I think it's, I thought it was Neville. Maybe I'm wrong. Because I remember, like, in the movies, it was... But even then, it just makes more sense to have Dobby do it. Because he he's in the in Hogwarts. He's not in Hogwarts in, uh, in the movie. Like, they don't have any of that elf arc. Um, yeah. So it makes sense to have Dobby do it. Because it just brings him back in. And it shows how he is still, like, always looking out for Harry's best interest. Even though in the, in the, second, in the second book, he's like... He's looking out for his best interest, but in a kind of awkward way where he almost gets him killed a bunch of times. Yeah. This time he literally saves his life. He would have, he woke him up 10 minutes before the task, gives him the gillyweed, says, eat this and you're good. And he ended up being good. Now he's tied for second place. So I, while I do agree with you, this, this second task is like, eh, it's okay. It's not the best task. It's probably yeah. the worst task. I think it, that's like easy to say, but overall I thought it was just, it's still much better in the book than it is the movie. So that's why I still, I still liked it a lot, but uh, it's nice to have that comparison. The, the, I think another one of those things that um, like, I, I loved it, but I, I was also kind of like iffy about it was, was just like the mer people. Like I get it, like it's it's JK was trying to be different because like mermaids have always been like you know like the nicest fucking creatures in the sea, but and like she wants them to be like not the nicest creatures in the sea, but it 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 I fucking hated the concept of mer people. The well, name itself. Yeah, I, well, I mean it's it's actually she, it's it's kind of weird because it seems like she kind of went behind, went back on her views a little bit because now she's she's kind of a turf and now she's like uh very distinguished uh just dis- like distinguishing what's a what's a woman and what's not a woman Oof. so it's kind of it's kind of different it's kind of interesting to Oof. see that but i think kind of going back to that kind of the lore of what mer people are it's like the people lost at sea they're kind of itching to see uh, uh someone of the opposite um to be attracted to and it was oftentimes that kind of effect that is like um something becomes more attractive the more you're kind of deprived from it and that's why like there's like this this history and lore of mer mer people being just the most beautiful and elegant creatures and it's kind of it's kind of cool how it's presented in this book as like that's the opposite as we see the the portrait in the prefect bathroom to what the reality is i think that's kind of cool but um I wonder. I wonder what her, her perspective is <laughs> regarding mer, mermaids and what's uh, what defines a mermaid. You think when she was uh, writing the story, she's like, "No, no, these are like women." Like, <laughs> fuck that. Like, there's no like. I wonder. I don't know. I just. I don't know. It's interesting to have that kind of perspective now to know what she kind of thinks because then a lot of these things just become kind of like. I don't know head scratching to kind of think some of the writing some of the storylines because it's like knowing her perspective as a as a wealthy white woman in Great Britain um from a colonial empire (laughs) so I don't know it's interesting though for sure 
Um, so Jacob, aside from the fact that the second task itself was a little bit underwhelming, what did you think about the entire chapter as a whole? Kind of having Harry um, kind of like really lean into that whole I'm never going to be good enough kind of storyline that we've been kind of teasing for the last four books. And it seems as if with every task that's going on, even though Harry was outstanding in the very first task, he continues to doubt himself a lot more. So like, what did you really think about Harry's whole, like Harry's character arc so far in this book? Because spoiler, spoiler warning, in the fifth book, Order of the Phoenix, one of the main criticisms is that Harry is essentially like a teenager and he overthinks everything do you kind of see like those seeds being planted now oh yeah absolutely and i think we could see some of the seeds being planted like throughout but definitely when it's like literally life or death situations for him he's like i can't do this even though he's overcome death so much every single book so far he's overcome and he's like it's almost different though because a lot of the times uh, before the Triwizard Tournament where he's like put up like directly against other wizards who he thinks are better in certain ways because of their age or because of he's seen them do crazy stuff on broomsticks or they beat him once in a Quidditch match. It's different because now he's getting pinned up against different wizards. But yeah. in the past, he would just kind of like, he would kind of doubt a few things. He'd be curious, but he would go up against, uh, like, go into a situation, like, go into the Dark Forest to confront Aragog or, like, go straight into the tomb uh, to get the Philosopher's Stone, knowing that he could, maybe something bad would happen. So it's it's interesting how it's kind of evolved as he's also evolved. He's getting mm. older. He's more of a real teenager where, like, you have, like, a different kind of perspective. So I think definitely the seeds are being planted and we'll see even more so in the next book, like you're alluding to. I'm, I'm like, I, I actually like the fact that Harry's overthinking more and more as he's getting better because, yeah. you know, like that's kind of like the whole teenage experience, right? Like, like your anxiety kind of starts when you're a teenager for the most part, because like, as you're getting better, you're always like, shit, you're comparing yourself to people who are yeah. older than you and people who are, um, you know, like they've already experienced these things and you're like, shit, if they're doing that, why can't I be doing this? Right. So I really like how JKR is kind of like leaning into the whole, like the shit, like this kid's about to be anxious as fuck. So like, mm. don't worry. Like, um, Harry Potter is one of the most like relatable characters in literature, his like history. So to see him this early on in the fourth book, I mean, I say early on, we're like half, like we're three quarters done the book, but this early on into the story because it still feels as if the story hasn't started yet um to see that harry is really you know like becoming this overly anxious character i i find it to be like quite amazing honestly and and I, i'm really happy that um it's it's kind of a major story point of harry potter it's his anxiety yeah no i think it's it's very interesting and it's like we've said in the past, you can see like a lot of like a certain aspects being written in that like at a, a, any reader can relate to like the anxiousness or um, the the feeling of like just needing someone to be there like we saw in the chapters past where Hagrid just needed a kind of vote of confidence and then coming back in this chapter Hagrid does the same after he's kind of back on his uh, back on his feet then he gives Harry the vote of confidence after he needed it so I think a lot of that can be really 
nicely put and is nicely put in in these books and i think that's i think that's the beauty of kind of storytelling yeah so um what was something else jacob that you're kind of like you saw in, in this chapter and you were like yo this is this is special um you know what i i think it's the thing that stuck out to me the most is when harry's literally uh he's swimming up already at this point he's he's about to finish the task and he uh, this is kind of this is my quote of the chapter so i'll kind of just tie it all together um he's on the brink of death or so he thinks at least his gillyweed is wearing off and he's telling himself his inner discourse his inner dialogue is saying like just do it you got to just get through this you could just i got to do this and that's kind of what we've been kind of saying is like up to the point to before the task he's like has zero confidence he doesn't know what he's doing but then when he's actually doing it that's when he's kind of shining and that's how he ends up um tied for for first at the end of the day so the the quote i have here is uh he was drawing breath with extreme difficulty he could feel the pain on the sides of his neck again he was becoming very aware of how wet the water was in his in his mouth yet the darkness was definitely thinning now he could see the daylight above him he kicked hard with his flippers and discovered that they were nothing more than feet. Water was flooding through his mouth into his lungs. He was starting to feel dizzy, but he knew light and air were only about 10 feet above him. He had to get there. He had to. And mm-hmm. that's what he did. And that's how he ended up uh, securing second or first tied for first after this uh, task. So like, I don't know. I just thought that was really nice. And that's kind of the thing that was the biggest uh, moment for me. And, and you know what, it's, it's, that wasn't my quote, but I do think that was a very important part of this chapter and really Harry's story and character arc is the perseverance because so many times, and again, this is a, a constant point that I, I keep coming to and we keep coming to in the whole Harry Potter series is that Harry is a major inspiration for like young readers at home and like young kids at home. And just to see Harry, like not believe in himself and then come and thrive in a scenario it's truly something that i think a bunch of like new harry potter readers in you know like the 2020s it's something that's amazing because i think more so now than in any generation especially in any decade self-doubt creeps in at a much younger age now than uh, than in any other decade like i mentioned so to see a a world-renowned character such as harry potter feel the same way that you potentially could feel and then also succeed i i think is it's a great way for readers and kids alike to really um to pull inspiration from harold harold absolutely joe i think you nailed it i think you nailed it thank you thank you so i'm going to give you my quote here since we're on to that but um after quotes i want to talk about serious for a quick second actually you know what before before i go into my quote sure. i'm going to talk yeah, about yeah. serious and it's really a quick thing just like his letter the whole Harry and Sirius dynamic in this book, I love it. Outstanding. It's yeah. crazy. And like you mentioned earlier on in this podcast with the whole Dobby and and, Liber- and, and um, House Elf Liberation Act storyline not being a part of this, of this uh, movie, like the Goblet of Fire movie, it was a it was an outrage and it was honestly a dishonesty to uh, both Dobby as a character and Hermione's character arc in the whole Harry Potter series, but not only that was a, um, was an issue, but 
leaving out serious leaving a out lot of absence of serious in this yeah and it, it it's kind of confusing because knowing how serious the story arc ends we're kind of left with that bitter taste in our mouth like shit harry deserved more like harry deserved yeah. better and in the movies he got more he's getting better sorry in the books my apologies in the mm-hmm. movies though it's kind of like yeah fuck this guy yeah you know it's kind of it's weird because in the movies it's almost like we skipped a few chapters of yep. his his story arc literally like because that's that's how it feels because he's presented as being this uh kind of uh say almost savior character for harry's morale in terms of his family but like there's so much missing in the the movie series, which we get a lot more in the books, which I'm thankful for to see uh, that kind of dynamic with Harry and Sirius. And yeah, it's just, it's great to see. And it's, I don't know, like in the movie, in the fourth movie, it's been a long, long time since I've seen it, but the only kind of scene I remember is the the fire chat with him and uh, Harry. And like, that's pretty much it, if I recall. Not much yeah. else. It, it... <sighs> We just needed more. Like, yeah. Sirius deserved more. And, and I'm glad that reading the books for the very first time, I'm getting that closure as a Harry Potter fan that I felt that as a teenager and, you know, like, young teenager that I really missed out on being only a fan of the movies. Absolutely good, sir. Absolutely. So let me give you right now my quote, because again, this is very important to the storyline. A story point that we talk about very often is Dumbledore's respect that he garners and Hermione here is going to remind everyone. I don't care what Moody says Hermione went on. Dumbledore's not stupid. He was right to trust Hagrid and Professor Lupin, even though loads of people wouldn't have given them jobs. So why shouldn't he be right about Snape? Even Snape is a bit evil, said Ron promptly. And that whole story point comes at when they're trying to, to think, you know, who, who is trying to kill Harry? Who has it out for Harry? And Hermione's kind of tired of everyone blaming Syria, uh, of blaming Severus Snape when there's really no proof to blame the man. Facts. Facts be. Yeah, no, I I really like that. I really like that quote. Um it's it's it says a lot about um it says a lot about Dumbledore, it says a lot about Snape. It gives us a nice snapshot perspective. And uh yeah, no, that's that was also when I was thinking of putting down. You're welcome. I know great mind thinking like Great mind thinking like so do you have anything else to add before we move on to our chapter winners and chapter ratings? No, my chapter winner is do, 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 Harry Potter. Yeah, it's Bingo. an obvious one for Harry. <laughs> but I'll get, I give a shout out to Dobby because uh, he did seem like he did uh, played a pretty big role um, with Harry, getting there on time, giving him the gillyweed, and uh, just being a, a supportive uh, house elf. So Harry Potter is the chapter winner, though. No, he, he it's it's like it's he's one of those like the easiest character to give it to this chapter specifically just because when it comes to like those task chapters harry is always going to be the winner and he's always going to be kind of like the hero of the story hence the reason why the story is called harry potter for shizzle for sure um yeah so i'm rating this chapter 
tough one. I'm giving it a four out of five because it was still a really good chapter. Um, it was a really good chapter, even though I kind of think the whole concept of having to save your friends <laughs> as a, a school task is a little bit silly, but hey, a little bit much. It is what it is. You know, I'm, I'm giving this five out of five for moral fiber because Harry demonstrated quite a bit of moral fiber. So like on, the, on those merits alone, I'm giving it five out of five. But I do I do have a few criticisms, um, like I've mentioned. Um, but overall, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a fun chapter. I thought it uh, got a lot got a lot done in that time. But um, yeah, I don't know. I, I think five out of five for me. But I, uh, I can understand your four to five rating. It's, it's, I think either would be fine. And I'm kind of inclined to change my, uh, to change my ranking to a five, but then that would make me admit that you're right. And I'm not, (laughs) so that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Sorry about that. Not everyone, uh, there can be, there's, it's not everything is black and white. There can be some gray and that's where the, that's where the four to five comes in. That's where the gray is. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So anyways, Jacob, this has been just another chapter of the book club style podcast where we talk about books and chapters and Harry Potter. And we'll be back tomorrow to discuss the return of Padfoot. Do, 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 do.